this is a jam-packed sewed on the pod. <laughs> we gotta quit it. Okay, if last week's audio issues didn't annoy you, I have finally convinced Corey to keep her head at a distance of six inches from the speaker at all times. You Corey, guys, do you solemnly swear not to move your head from the current position that it is in? She's currently blaming me for this, but I swear I saw her reach over and turn my little audio down. So loud. <laughs> and I'm trying to save their ears from your voice. Let me tell you, when I leave here on... Normally Tuesdays, but today Wednesday because Heather was slacking, so we didn't get the podcast up in time. I just listened to the podcast to hear myself. <laughs> and were you annoyed by the audio? Yeah, I couldn't issues. hear myself last week. <laughs> okay, guys, I went to. No one has asked for this. I just did it myself. <laughs> I want to ask Heather eight weird questions. Okay. And she has not seen these. I typed these while she was out. Well, actually, I copy and pasted from something. Okay. So I just want you to not even think about it. I just want you to, first thing that comes to your little tiny brain, I just want you to spit it out. Okay. <laughs> Question one, would you rather look like a potato or feel like a potato? Feel like a potato. Because if you look cute with your potato on the inside, I think you're <laughs> still delicious. <laughs> okay. Number two, what would you do with $10 million? I would buy a $1 million house. On a $9 million island. <laughs> I like it. Number three, what is in your fridge right now? Trick question. <laughs> Props. <laughs> okay, number four, what have you learned about life from kids? The only child in my life is Corey's son, and I've learned that there is no amount of times where, look, it sounds like too much to them. <laughs> and silence is cool. Um, number five, if you could change your name, what would you change it to? This is actually a great question. I've thought about it a lot. Would I would change do? it to Isabel. What? Because my nickname would be Isa. Miracle. <laughs> okay. I just <laughs> thought of that way. You need some friends, okay? Okay, number six, what was your favorite toy as a child? Corey and I had a, have, have, current, present tense, a collection of... Beast Wars Transformers, that was definitely both of our favorite toys, and we probably had, what, 30 or 40 yeah. action figures? They're in my basement. Yep. <laughs> um, if you had three wishes, what would you wish for? Easy, and it more can't wishes. be more wishes. <laughs> I already answered it before you said no. Okay, and number eight, what is your worst habit? Ooh, that's a good one. I know somebody to choose from. <laughs> I'm going to say Diet Coke. That's not a bad habit. That's a bad habit. No, it's not. What's my bad habit? Mm, uh, knowing everything. <laughs> Without can't help what we know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, welcome to Baking It Down with Sugar Cookie Marketing. Heather, if someone is just hearing about this for the first time, what are they in for? They've probably been pending in the group for about six months. Not trying anymore. To get Not anymore. <laughs> We're from a Facebook group called Sugar Cookie Marketing, where we help sugar cookiers and bakers and Even other people, uh, Etsy makers, <laughs> help them sell a little bit more effectively. Because if you're going to put your heart and soul and mind and body into something, might as well get paid for it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so break down this podcast. So if people are like, yeah, I'm trying to skip the intro these days, where do they need to go next? This sewed on the pod <laughs> will take you through uh, the marketing minutes, which is something marketing focused that we'd like to feature this week. Then swing by business of baking, which is a little bit more business mindset, theory, mental state. Mm -hmm. After that, uh, voicemails where people can call in, text in, and ask questions, and we pretend to make up the answers. After that, group stuff, which we got a ton this week mm. and a ton for the rest of the month. It's mm -hmm. very exciting. Um, after that, we go to Twinterest, things Corey and I have been doing that we think you should be forced to know. Yeah. And, and after that, we go to the sponsors. Yes. And finally, we end up at the mailbag. 
which our fault is there's a package oh. that has arrived, uh. but it could be from the IRS. We just don't know. <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> could be really good. Or really really bad. All right, Heather, she has the marketing minutes for us. And I actually think this is a great topic. And I have um, volunteered myself as tribute. Great. Okay. So what I want to talk about is personal profile branding on Facebook. Personal profile? But Heather, I have a business. I have a business page. Right. Okay. So if you're like me and the billions of other people on Facebook, Mm -hmm. you see somebody said, hire Corey to bake your cookies and they'll at Corey and then maybe, maybe, maybe they'll at your business page, right? True. If you're like me, you definitely click to Corey's profile and scope everything out. Do I want to buy from this person? What do they look like? What are they posting? What are they about? Do they look like they bake or do they look like... They don't, right? <laughs> do they eat? <laughs> do they eat their bakes? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, like I'm not really big on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't use it a lot. But when I go to Marketplace to sell something, people will message me and say, I don't think you're a real person. I don't, I'm worried about buying from you. And I think that is it's a valid concern. that they say that, right? right? So the way I have to prove myself, like I send them my LinkedIn profile. And, and like that's something like that. a fake profile would do. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't look real at all. So the thing is, what I'm challenging people is to consider that people are looking at your personal profile before they make a purchase from you. Now, this is where everyone is supposed to go grab their pitchforks. How dare you touch my person? It's my personal gift. At the end of the day, it is your life. It is your life. Nothing we say here has to be enacted. It is not biblical. It is not the law. However, it is best practices. All right. Well, I gave Heather my personal profile to tear apart. So we went through Corey's personal profile from a proxy account that has no direct connection to you. No affiliation to me. We don't have any mutual friends. So it is only the public-facing information that this profile can see. And then we just went kind of through it. So I'm going to go through your profile now, um, pulling it up. Okay. So and a lot of people ask what this phrase means. Above the fold content is an old website design phrase. That means anything I can see without having to scroll. So when I click mm-hmm. to Corey Miracle, this what I see first is the most important content because that's what my eyes are met with. Mm-hmm. So value is on your profile photo, cover photo, name, and your short bio. I have a bio? Uh-huh. I do have one up there. It's not good. Mm. Oh, I know exactly. <laughs> I what you have. Okay. So this will be your most, the above the fold content, the content we see first will be our biggest conversion tool. Right. Because you didn't have to do any work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's basically. So if, if something is off here, the odds of you converting lower are harder. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's impossible. I'm saying why start off on the wrong foot when you can start off on the right one, I mean, right? Tear me up. So for your profile photo, what I'm going to recommend, and you can go back and forth with me, twin. Okay. I'm going to recommend a high-quality headshot. I agree. Is and, mine a headshot right now? Uh-huh. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, I want high resolution. So high-quality, high resolution, no pixelated, no something from a potato phone, even if you feel like a potato today. Mm-hmm. I know Heather knows I live by this mantra. Every six months, regardless if I want to or not, I will update my profile picture because if I do a customer drop-off or they come to my door, I don't want them to see my picture from high school and be like, "Exactly, where's your kid? I think I bought cookies from her. <laughs> so here's a great thing. So a lot of times in the group, you'll see people post about their lifestyle bakery shots that should be your profile photo mm-hmm. if it's you smiling i get teeth i get eyes i get maybe you holding a cookie you hugging uh your mixer there was a cute one that was posted about, about the lady who was me? hugging her mixer me hugging my own mixer 
whatever. I don't. You weren't doing it, but somebody else <laughs> okay. had posted their lifestyle shot, and that's just great because what it tells me is this person's fun, this person's excited, this person loves baking. Yes. Now I know what you're saying. My prof- my personal profile isn't okay. You don't have to. But if you want your personal profile to sell for you, mm-hmm. these are what we're going to recommend. And you might say, I only sell with my business page, but this is your friends and family mm-hmm. uh, tagging you in local groups, mm-hmm. not knowing that you're only trying to sell with your page. Like today, Heather wasn't able to tag my business page, so she, yeah. she had to tag my myself. Right. And good luck trying to tell your 30 extended friends and family, please don't tag my personal page. They're they're going to tag yourself. It's just what's going to happen. But even if I ended up finding someone's business page, I'll see if I can find their legitimate personal page yeah. too. I'm that nosy. She's I know nosy. no boundaries. She knows no Z boundaries. Okay. So I definitely like the idea of these lifestyle shots. A lot of people have them in the group. If you are wondering what I'm talking about, just ask people, can I see your lifestyle shots? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun, a lot of happy colors, dress, bright pinks, bright greens, bright oranges, those getting my attention colors. Yes. And I mean, this is a great way to actually, if you're not a photographer, to hire a local photographer because then you get your name out in the community. The community. The community. And then you meet someone that can potentially turn into potential business Mm -hmm. to you. You Mm. actually put money back into your own community. They're going to share your shots on their page and then you reach their people. It's great. Right. Plus, you end up with a really great headshot. Yeah. Okay. So, things I'd stay away from. Oh. Group photos. It's very confusing. It's hard to see who you are in a large group photo. Yeah. They can't tell which one's you. I mean, me and Heather side by side, no one can tell who we are. Mm-hmm. So, definitely just narrow it down. When Corey's hair looks better than mine, I just steal her photo. <laughs> just it never looks better than hers. <laughs> okay. Things that people are probably going to get mad about, but not just photos of your kids where you're not in it. It's very hard to understand. No, I would why like I to give this. my money to a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard for me to understand when I click to an adult's profile and I see only a group of small children. Slightly confusing. Not good for conversions, which is what we're focused on today. Mm-hmm. Um, things I do not really want to see if I click is those Facebook frame overlays. They're weird. My mother-in-law loves them. I know. And they're weird. <laughs> She's weird. I'm just kidding. Oh. Diana. Di- Diana. Dana. Dana. You're fine with your overlays. Um Another weird one I kind of see, and if this is you, do not take offense to this, but your uh, animal as your profile picture. Oh, Very hard to understand. Okay, so I have a pet snake. Yeah, no Okay, so let's be that. dramatic. If my pet snake, Felicia, was my profile picture, what do you think people are, unless I'm selling snakes, yeah. which I could, yeah. having a snake as my profile picture is not going to add to my uh, conversion. It's going to scare them Stop away. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah. So think about that. If I'm thinking of a bakery, do I necessarily want to picture an animal? Corey is an offender of this and her featured images. We'll talk about it in a second. No. But (laughs) but think about if this was, if I'm saying, hey, I'm on sugar cookie marketing, I'm listening to the podcast, I'm here to make money, Mm -hmm. I'm here to do what it takes to make that money, then let your profile picture work for you, not against you. Okay. So a higher resolution, high quality, I like a headshot, give me like top of the head, Right under the boobs. Sorry, guys. And then stay away from filters. Um, step away no, from the Snapchat. Make me tan. You have dog ears and a dog nose. You're outdated. <laughs> you know, things like that. Real high quality, real crisp. Yeah. Okay. So right now I think I'm 90 out of 100 because I'm not hugging a KitchenAid mixer in You're my not, profile picture. But it's still a very high quality photo. So I'm going to give myself a 90 out of 100 so far. Right. And I do like your point about updating it every six months. Okay. 95 out of 100. Okay. <laughs> Now the cover images. This is where I think you stuck the landing. Where did I have my cover image? Every month you update (laughs) the cover image. Corey makes the month into a cookie word. Unfortunately. So right now it's June, 
And it, right or now, do I? It and it's adorable. Right every month, every month on the first, she'll update it to the next month. And then it's a beautiful staged set of cookies that matches the holiday that's coming up. Yes. And she changes it every month. It's fresh. It tells me, whoa, look at how nice this cookie is. And then look at how updated it is. So it doesn't look like she tried this five years ago and just never got around to updating her photo. So this is the cover photo. It looks really great. Like I said, very nice. Thanks. Thanks. I can't wait till uh, November. Yeah, when it's so hot. <laughs> what am I going to do? Nova. No, with a beard. <laughs> so now with uh, cover images, I'm going to say a lot of the profile photo recommendations I'm going to apply here. And I know people are like, but this is my family. This is, you know, what we do on the weekends. I want to have, hey, turn them into cookies. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> hey, that's the class I'm taking at Cookie Cup. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it'd be, it'd be really cute. Just think of ways that we can make our profiles sell for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm going to say your name. I'm going to recommend always having your real name here. And I know there's reasons that people don't have their real name. And if that's fine, I don't need a 20-sentence long explanation in the Facebook group about it. But we'd want those to mirror what the invoice is going to say when you send them the PayPal invoice. If I'm Heather Miracle on Facebook and my name is Isabel Miracle like I wished, (laughs) it's going to be disconcerting to people to say, hey, I could get scammed here. Not everything. It doesn't add credibility, Mm -hmm. I think, because I would like everything to match. Yeah, truly. I mean, I'm about to give you a couple hundred bucks, possibly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to end up with nothing. Yeah, I want you to give me a couple hundred. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, tagline. Love taglines. Hey, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> so your tagline, it's really short. I think you're limited to quite a few characters, right? Quite I a few. I haven't changed that in like no, 27,000 years. <laughs> um, here's an idea. So I'd like a little bit of location information and then a call to action. So I have uh, an example. Your local cookie dealer, call me for your next fix. Oh. Or breaking hearts and baking cookies in Northern Virginia since 1988. So we say what I do and where I'm from. And we constantly want to push location because a lot of us can't ship anyways. But who's clicking to us? It's odd. They live down the street. And they want to be convinced that you, too, live down the street. Okay, guys. I'm not going to let Heather say what my current tagline is. You can actually send me a friend request. And I will keep it up there before I change it by the end of the week. I am the friendly twin who says yes to friend requests. And I'm the one that judges profile. (laughs) Choose your twin wisely. Um, But anything, our goal is to instill buyer confidence. Yes. And that bio is one of the first things I see when I click to it. Um, (sighs) Things like went to the school of hard knocks. Not going to convince me to buy cookies. Don't call out my ex-husband like (laughs) that. Call out my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Did you date the same person? Oh, we're just both losers? Okay. (laughs) Hey, he might listen to this. Because he's a bummer. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so that's my above-the-fold content breakdown, but we're not done yet. Okay. As we scroll down, now we get personal information. Okay. Okay, so we have, this is what Facebook defaults to, work history, general location, then you can add hyperlinks, which I'm going to talk about in a second, and then eight featured photos. This is the next section. Okay. Now, here's my recommendation on your job listings. A lot of you guys have every job you've ever worked at, and that is like a identity thief's wet dream. And we don't necessarily want that listed. It's a, It takes up a lot of real estate. I would love everyone to know that I worked retail at 18. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I'm going to recommend. Your current job. Okay. And if you must, your past job. Now, a lot of us have two jobs, right? So then I'm going to say if you have ba- your bakery job mm-hmm. and then your day job, that's it. 
Isn't that what I currently have? That's what you currently have. Okay, yeah. thank goodness. <laughs> but a lot of people are like, and then after that, I went to this McDonald's, and after that, I went to Wendy's, and after that, I'm like, whoa. So, you know, you can go into the privacy settings of your jobs. It doesn't mean you have to delete them, but you can make them so friends only can see it. Yeah. But I'd go a step further and say that information doesn't even need to be public. I think the only person who cares about it is your 18-year-old self. Yeah, and that person, let them go. They're different. You are not that <laughs> they person They have grown anymore. up and they have better profile pictures. <laughs> um, so I would say for the work history, I love, I recommend if you're listening to this podcast and you're selling cookies to say that you are currently working at your bakery page. And that is actually clickable mm-hmm. if you do it right. Free real estate. So when I click to your profile, I, it's funny because when like... Um, People sign up to do Facebook Lives. They only ever see their names. So I click to their Facebook profiles to get to their bakery names, but a lot of people don't have that linked. Right. So think of me as your end user, the buyer. Like It's going to be hard to connect the two. And we already have gone through the why people don't have their personal page and their business page. Like This is just an avenue for you to potentially get more sales. That is our goal today, is to talk about how you can position yourself to get more sales. If you have a personal reason that you don't want that, that's absolutely fine. This part How of the podcast is not for you. you. Tell me that what I do isn't acceptable. Heather, it's not acceptable. You can skip on over to my next part. <laughs> okay, so for general location, doesn't have to be city specific. Corey has Washington D.C., which everyone in Northern Virginia equates. Uh, we all live down the street. Right. Everyone says Washington D.C. here. Um, keep it city. Don't do just your state. That's very confusing. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't keep it too granular. I would just say, hey, your general tri-state, whatever it is, right? Yes. Um. Then, Corey, you have the option to link Instagram profiles. And Corey has her business Instagram linked there. Beautiful. Because if I click there, I click to Corey, I'm going to go right to that Instagram to see that beautiful reel of images you got curated. Hopefully I get a follower out of it. Uh, yeah. What is your Instagram handle? Uh, it's the, really confusing. The crumbed cookie. Corey's like, throw marketing out the window. <laughs> I'm going to go rogue and use a complicated <laughs> word to spell. Throw a bunch of C's in there, a little M. <laughs> <laughs> the crumb cookie? No, I'm going to make it past it. <laughs> okay, and then Corey has her day job company website linked. Mm-hmm. And then I think you have sugar cookie classes linked. I do. I'm a teacher there. If it was me and I did not own the company, I wouldn't have it linked here. So I would have my bakery website linked and my bakery Instagram linked. And that is much information as I want the public world to know. Uh-huh. There's no necessary reason that if you work for a corporate company that you need to be providing them any link juice. They don't care. True. That is very true. That's a good point. Right. Because we want to make money. Okay. Now we get our eight featured photos. Now these are public. Eight featured photos are public images. I can see them on anybody's profile. Ask my ex-boyfriend. Heather <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> He's a loser. <laughs> School hard not. Um, Corey's featured photos, I disagree with. I They're exclusively dogs and cats. So Corey loves her pets. Okay, but what is that saying to your end user? I love pets! <laughs> <laughs> so if we want to say, if we want to focus on selling cookies, here's kind of what I'd recommend for my... Hit me Eight featured images. Hit me with it. Number one, favorite cookie scent. Well-staged okay. image, beautiful beads, whatever. I don't care. Okay. I hate beads. I don't care. Like, whatever it is <laughs> that makes you happy. All right. Next one, family photo. Everyone's smiling and happy. Heather took my last family photo. It was almost a Smiling and happy. <laughs> I've never seen people argue so much and then pretend to smile. Look at the camera. <laughs> right. Right. That's okay. my dog's name. <laughs> you smiling at a farmer's market that you're selling at. Oh, Can it be more candid if you like? Yeah. I'm always going to say higher quality images perform better, but you can do a DSLR, very nice iPhone photo, and still say, hey, look at me being a part of my community. I like it. A uh, picture of you and the significant other. Love those. 
Yeah. I need to get some of those. You have it. You have your name. <laughs> I do? Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Um, I'd say another great set of cookie photos. Okay. And then optional, you know what? Found it in my kid on the internet. Photo of your kids. I will put arch anywhere. <laughs> Whatever you're more comfortable with. If it's not a photo of your kids, um, again, another photo of somebody enjoying your cookies, a picture of you and your mom, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Just saying like, hey, I do cookies. I'm also a real person. But cookies. Also smiling. Good cookies. All right. Well, I'll say good right to, goodbye to Rube, Fuzz, and Ray. <sighs> Rube should have gone long ago. <laughs> I love okay, now we get into the meat and potatoes of the profile feed. Okay. Now, this is your feed content. This is the things you're posting in your posts. And this is only what people who are not my friends can see, correct? Right. So each Facebook released privacy settings per post, which is the most valuable tool most people sleep on. I use it all uh-huh. of the time. So Corey will post a post so that only she can see it sometimes. I don't know why you do that, but she wants to be reminded by the time hop thing that I she love did. It. <laughs> then she'll post a photo just of her friends can see. Then she'll post a photo friends of friends can see. And these are different privacy settings. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that the privacy settings are wildly important to be able to use your personal profile as a personal profile, mm-hmm. but to also have it sail- sailing for you. Sailing for you. Sailing. Selling for, you. <laughs> Selling for you, right? Okay. So things that I would recommend is you can, within Facebook, you can view profile as. Okay. And I'd go through or get somebody or not, get, unfriend your husband, unfriend your wife and make them look at your profile and say, what would you see if you didn't know me? What would you think? Went through Corey's. I would say she's single <laughs> and she bakes cookies and has a lot of animals and possibly a child. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so that is what, here's what I would recommend for public posts of your feed. Okay. Um, family fun photos, high quality, nicely taken. Um, cookie photo, cookie photo. Then I'd hit them with a generic, non-offensive meme. Okay. What I'd stay away is for anything controversial, political, things like that. And I know you're like, what did you just tell me? Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is feel free to post the controversial stuff. Just change the privacy uh, privacy settings to be friends, friends of friends. Yeah. Um, The whole world doesn't need to be in your business um, unless they're buying from your business, right? Amen. So that is my, my recommendation. I'd wash, rinse, repeat on that lineup. Keep the content fresh. I don't want to click to your profile that looks like mine and see that you've never posted before okay. or that you posted and it was five months ago because everything's set to private now, things like that. So it's kind of really being in tune with your personal brand. Yeah, I love my privacy settings. Um, sometimes I want to keep funny things or us being dumb just for my family to see. I Anything that we've done for a client, I'll let that be outward facing. Um, Sometimes Corey will do a knowledge-based post. So for cookie years, you're going to say, hey, listen, guys, just wanted to break down a royal icing recipe and what goes into it. Now I see you as a knowledge expert. Mm-hmm. Takes two seconds, one nice photo, a nice bio, but it says, hey, this person knows what they're doing. Yeah. We actually got a client because he said, someone tagged you and someone else. So I stocked both of your guys' profiles and you have so many marketing tips and tricks that it just made me feel you were in tune with the industry. So if I'm handing you over my business that I felt comfortable with it. Yeah. Now, what if I clicked to your profile and all I saw was shares of shares of shares, uh, nothing personal, very weird photos. I don't know. It just would make me give me pause to give you my money and bake my baby shower cookies. Yes. You know? Yeah. No, I So what do I get out of 100? What are you rating me? I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you 90 percent. 
I'll take that. I'm going to say your bio could use some work. Okay. Tighten that up. Great. Okay. Maybe you could make your profile picture just a little bit more bake-centered. Okay. And then I would adjust the featured images, but everything else. Love it. Oh, okay. Sweet. Things to work on, but I'm not against it. Okay. Well, that takes us through the marketing minutes. Now, if you're very angry at us. Heather. Heather. <laughs> this is her You second. write about it in the group and say that you hate that I lock threads and delete things, okay? <laughs> no, but this, guys, is honestly just another avenue for you to potentially make money. If it is something that you do not agree with, just don't do it. We'll never know, except for Heather Mai when she stalks you at When you win that cutter and I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> but this is just something that, you know, people are going to – you're going to comment places. If you comment controversial things, don't attach your business to it. That yeah. is seppuku. <laughs> That's right. not what we want to do. love <laughs> getting in internet fights don't say you work at your bakery <laughs> yeah. but if you're more mundane like me and i love when people either tag my bakery or tag my name i want them to be able to find it and, and to have be able a cohesive to, vibe across the yeah bakery. and it's basically what it is is a funnel i'm using my mm-hmm. personal self as a funnel to my bakery self building value all the way along to hopefully they pop out with a sale well i want everyone who's listening to this think about when someone tags a business on your thread what is your workflow? Mm-hmm. Are you clicking to their profile picture? Are you clicking to their business page? Well, whatever you're doing, other people are doing too, so adjust accordingly. When in, when Facebook rolled out that you could put yourself as a admin public facing on a page, oh. I clicked to so many people. Oh, yeah, it's great because we're nosy and Facebook makes it very easy to be really nosy. Right. So if you don't think people are clicking to your profile Paige, know that I am. Okay, I am. I am the one. <laughs> so I do say that. And, you know, I'll go into community groups. And if someone actually posts some, like, insane comment, I will click to their profile Absolutely. just to get more scoop on who this person could possibly be. Yeah. So, no, there's people like me and Heather out there. We're silent but deadly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we're looking through everything. So make your profile picture Photo, cover photo, bio, links work for you, not against you. Mm -hmm. Because it can guarantee you you're losing sales that you don't know about. Right. And I think a lot of people actually don't know you can link and make a clickable link to your bakery page um, so people can click right over there. So anyone stalking you, especially if you're in a mom's group and you gave some like insane solid advice and someone clicks your profile, you can get sales that way. And I have in the past. You know, it's a great point. Not only, not do you upload natively, which means I go to my profile, upload an image and click post but also share from your bakery page to your personal page because mm-hmm. there's another little hyperlink there where I can say, oh, this is Corey, and she's with the crumbed cookies, cookies. and now I can click over there and kind of, again, make that funnel a little bit shorter, which I is I would just, for that one, use it a tinge sparingly because Not if yet. you're just a sale, sale, a sale, sale, do? Sale <laughs> just if you're selling constantly, you're going to lose your friends and family. Right. So think, yeah, you got to think of the intern. If you're, so I said this to somebody the other day, 80, 20, 20, 80. Your Facebook page should be 80% cookies, sales, pop-ups, mm-hmm. 20% a little bit of personal stuff. I like it. Now, your personal page should be 80% personal things, 20% oh. cookie stuff. 80, 20, 20, 80. But keep those privacy settings in mind and keep that rhythm going from a public-facing perspective. Mm-hmm. I like that. I use mine to sell. Sell to sail all the time. Just sail on the bay. (laughs) All right. So that brings us to the business with baking. Um, Heather loves anything psychology, um, whether it be the Enneagram. What does that sound? What? Are you rubbing your feet on? Yes. Stop. My foot on my other they foot. They can hear it. I have a bug bite. 
then continue. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about sales psychology um, because it's something that me and Heather are both passionate about. We spend many a lunch discussing it. So I thought maybe we would discuss it with them. Okay. Um, so we can go over a few tips and tricks. I think I have about four or five. And then you can maybe carry these into potential sales you have this week. Number one. This is one of Heather's favorite. Analysis paralysis. This is a great one. Have you ever been to Cheesecake Factory? Mm-hmm. You may be entitled to financial. <laughs> I'm just the Cheesecake Factory has the biggest menu of any menu I've ever seen. I only order the only same. Order meal. the same thing. <laughs> that's the great. That's a thing. So when we give people a lot of options, we have made the buying decision very complicated. Why is it complicated? Because the more options I have, the less content I'll be with the choice that I've chosen. True. So let's say from a bakery standpoint, I have, hey, do, I do vanilla cookies. I, guess I do I'm vanilla, vanilla, chocolate, <laughs> blah, blah, yeah. strawberry, ginger, all these kinds. Then the, now my buyer has to consider, what if I buy this? Will I be missing out on this? I've just created a longer funnel, yeah. which we talk about funnels. The longer they are, the more potential people have to drop out. Yes. So how we circum, well, I want to offer all these flavors. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I want to offer all these flavors. So how would we go about that? My base is vanilla. Everything else can be an add-on. And then do special event flavors that are only available at certain times of the year. That is great. That is Honestly, another one we'll be talking about, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is great. And I was listening or reading this article about it. And it says and you can – some people are like, no, all these flavors are amazing. I can't let them go. If someone says, hey, I'm doing – I'm looking for a bridal set – um, you can say, hey, actually, that is fantastic. People who order bridal sets usually choose this vanilla creme brulee flavor. And what you have done is help guide them. And also, you kept your menu large that you wanted, but you were able to almost minimize it for that specific sale. So you gave them eyes on the prize, your most suggested flavor for something that they're looking for while maintaining your insane menu. I was reading this article on why it's so hard to date in today's environment. Tell me, please. And they say because of these apps give you access to so many dating profiles, you feel the analysis paralysis of if I choose this person, who else am I missing out on? You sound like my (laughs) ex-husband. Just kidding. (laughs) Hey, Rick. You're back again. (laughs) A little little hard knocks. That'd be a lot. Um, But so the analysis paralysis saying that there's so many options today that we make no choice because what are we missing out on? If I say yes to this, what else am I saying no to? Right. And that is not healthy. So you'll – okay, Baskin Robbins 31 flavors. Uh Uh-huh. If Corey walks into a Baskin Robbins, she's walking right – and I know you're going to judge us both for this – right up to green mint chocolate chip and getting a double (laughs) scoop. So 31 flavors, but Corey's still walking in there and getting the same one. So all those choices are – not having her spend more money. She's still going to see what she wants. Now, if you go to a uh, ice cream shop and it says chocolate or vanilla, Corey's going to say no to both because she's lactose intolerant. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but the concept being fewer choices, the better. Right. And, you know, in my personal bakery business, I only make vanilla. <laughs> you have one choice with me. <laughs> yeah. And has anyone said, well, I'm not ordering from you. You don't offer gingerbread. Not a one. <laughs> not a one. So. so that one is a great one. Number two leverage loss aversion break it down loss aversion is a tendency to prefer avoiding losses to acquire the equivalent gains Mm -hmm. did you write that i did not (laughs) 
<laughs> That's too fancy for me writing it. Nobody likes missing out. So when you get a potential customer, make sure that they know it. Um, so I have an example. Happy Wednesday, customer. I absolutely love the theme you've chosen and would love to knock your socks off with these cookies. I currently do have availability for August 1st, but there is one other person looking at those dates as well. Oh I had to sell. So I told people in the group, I sold my motorcycle, right? Yes. I sold it in 30 minutes. But not for lack of <laughs> enough people emailing me. So someone said, hey, can I come look at it? And I said, sure. I got one other person looking at it before you, but if you'd like to put it on the net, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now now he's like oh my goodness somebody's looking at it before me they could get this without without, right from under me but i saw it first you know things like that and um if you sell anything on marketplace you'll see i sold these um earbuds yeah and they sold super fast it was like a nintendo game or something some like collector's item i let go for uh way too low okay and somebody messaged me and said i'll give you double what he paid I was like, I already shipped it out, but I like where you're at. <laughs> because people don't want to miss on an yeah. opportunity. So by telling them, hey, you have the potential to miss on this opportunity, you actually scooch the sale along a little mm-hmm. faster than maybe what it normally would now, have I been. I think that from a business owner, we're like, oh, no, if we if we put restrictions around them, they're going to walk away. Mm. But if somebody already wants, if I already want it, man, if I already fall in love with my life with this thing, yeah, it's going to take a lot to get me to walk away from it. So I definitely, I honestly use it a lot. So I had two people contact me for custom orders and I said, Hey, you know, uh, to be on my calendar, you have, I do require a payment up front and that books you on the calendar. I do have one other family looking for two dozen that same week, but I'll take first come first serve. There you go. Let the gains begin. Maybe <laughs> odds are in your favor with the vanilla cookies you're going to get. That's a great one. Okay. We have number three is build your credibility. I actually love this one as a consumer. So I can only say that we need to be implementing this as business owners. I want to have faith in whomever and whatever company I am buying from. By being authoritative in our sales pitches, we're actually putting the customer at ease. You might say, oh, no, it sounds so pushy. It's not pushy. It is just a sense of confidence, an air that I can get this done for you. Confidence is also contagious. Mm. Heather tells me, go home daily, and I obey right away. I'm tired. (laughs) Um, So tell me how these sound, Heather. I can absolutely create that baby theme set for you. I've done many cookie sets in the past, and every customer is elated upon pickup. Okay, now try this one on for size. I think I can make this set for you. I haven't done this theme before, but if you're willing, I'd love to give it the old college try. You can practice on somebody else's money. (laughs) So in my first example, I never said that I made a million baby themes before, but I said I've made many cookies before and every customer is elated. I gave you a sense of confidence. Who cares what baby onesie romper I'm decorating? I'm telling you that what you're choosing to do with me, I can do it confidently and I'll nail it every time. Versus saying, I haven't done that theme before, but I think I can. Yeah, I'm going to release everyone from their anxiety and self-doubt and say, you know how to make cookies better than the person asking you to make the cookies? That's why they're asking you. So have that confidence that they've asked you because they don't want to and they don't want to learn how to. Amen. Now your job is to make them feel that they've made the right decision. Amen. And any of that self-doubt that you guys inject in these conversations is only losing you that sale. Yeah. So be confident. You're the expert. You know how to make cookies. They don't want to make it. Great. Nice. <laughs> and if you and yeah, just figure it out. A lot of it, I mean, it's just so much self-doubt. We see, well, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Yes, you're sure. Just do it. Yes. Figure it out while you're doing it. If you don't, scrap it and do it again. Whatever it is. Just I know. Do I it. got I gave a price for a dozen last week and I got ghosted. 
but I did not care because someone else emailed for that same time slot. That's all I care about. I care about the person that's putting money in my pocket. I do not get bent on people who do not put money in my pocket. If anything, I am thankful that I know that I am not their target audience so I can focus on somebody who is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. I think I said my target audience, but they're not my target audience. Mm -hmm. I'm not their target audience. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Give me, forgive me. For whatever the last one was. We're sailing. (laughs) We're sailing. Okay, number four. A customer acting wishy-washy, ask them why. A lot of people do not do this one. But this is the number one thing we did in car sales. You would work on a car sale for eight hours. And then they'd be like, well, we're just going to go home and think about it real quick. Talk it over dinner. When they walk out the door, the probability that you will sell that car goes so drastically low. So what we were trained to do was ask them why. Hey, you said you love the car. It fit all your requirements. We also ran your credit score. Everything looks good. Your monthly payment is exactly what you want it to be. What is holding you back from buying that car right now? It's an open-ended question. Mm-hmm. Tell me know. your fears <laughs> so I can <laughs> overcome them. <laughs> but you put, you know, it helps. Because you can help. say, okay, well, here's the 10 reasons why you need to buy this car. And they turn around like, we have a family of six, this seat's five. There's nothing you address no, that could fix that But problem. guess what? There's a van on the lot. <laughs> Let's go take a gander. Um, we all know that some customers love to go back and forth, and we seem to never get to the closing of the sale part. So instead of the back and forth for the next 30 years, ask them why. So, hey, customer. Next 30 years? Some people, it sounds like. <laughs> hey, customer, we have nailed down the dates and the details. Can I ask you why you aren't ready to book? This is what what this is an open-ended questions which if you've listened to the podcast in the past this allows your customer to lead their own answer versus a yes or no you aren't booking today no Okay, well, I knew that because <laughs> there's no money in my account. Um, so an open-ended question lets your customer explain their reservations. What's more awesome than knowing the exact objection so you can come over it? Is it the price? Great. Let's modify this set with a few more simpler designs so we can actually fit it into your budget. Is it location? Awesome. For a small fee, we can actually arrange delivery for you. Knowing is half the battle, and sometimes you just got to ask. I like it. I like it. That's a, that's a, asking somebody that question, I think people don't like that. Okay, so here's the thing. You go on a date with somebody. Mm -hmm. You go on a date with Rick. He's from the school of hard hard (laughs) hard knock life. (laughs) Okay, so you're like, I really like this person. They're not texting me back. Okay, okay, let me ask him out again. Here's the thing. What you got to do, so sunk cost fallacy, right? I've invested so much into this. I don't want to. I don't want to lose it to cost. No, no, cost is already spent. It's gone. Yes. Anything further, any further time investment is an additional cost. Yeah. So you'd say, "Hey, Rick, why don't you want the snack? Right? Why do you want to <laughs> date me?" And then he could say, "Well, I just don't see a future with you." Awesome. Thank you so much. Now I don't have to waste another minute on this relationship mm-hmm. that's clearly never going to happen. But nobody likes to be told no because no. we take it personally. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough. I'm not adequate. No, 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 no. No, you're good enough. You're adequate. You're not this person's person. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to business and sales, when you know what that objection is, 99% of the time, you can overcome it um, because it usually comes down to price, um, what you can offer, things like that. But knowing what the objection is, you can then work on a solution versus doing that. Sh- should I message them back? They ghosted me. I don't know what to do. The last conversation, they seem so positive. Right. I think you just got to ask. Is this going to work out? Are we going to be in a relationship with Baker to buyer? <laughs> Baker to buyer. And my final one for the day is FOMO. 
which is... Did you sneak in a bold on that word? I just bolded it because I saw that I did not bold it. It's causing me anxiety. (laughs) The fear of missing out, aka FOMO, is a huge sales driver. If you watch any TV or read any magazine, you'll see limited time offer or while supplies last. All of these favors bring on FOMO. Scarcity. Scarcity. So how can you create FOMO in your own business? Something me and Heather would say was... You snooze, you lose, kids. Um, it depends how you want to word it. Here's another way. A lot of people are like, well, I don't know. Okay, limited supplies. Okay, that means nothing to me because everyone uses it. Um, another way you could do it is I only have 10 of these sets mm-hmm. versus buy these now before they're sold out. Okay, yeah. buy these now. What, did you make a million? <laughs> Here's the thing. Here would be a crazy thing. If you said, I only have 10 sets, and in the comments you're like, one sold. Sold three more. Ah! I did a quiet, scream. I did a uh, reserve so scream. Podcast people. Less. For the babies in the car that have been sleeping Less peacefully. Stuff. Kids, scream with me. <laughs> okay, so, but did you did you make a million? Did you make 100? I don't know. Buy these before they're sold out. Doesn't mean you can, much You can always me. pull the um, age-old YouTube trick. So a lot, of been, a lot of you have been asking about my skincare routine, and I'm like, I don't know that anybody's been, but who cares? But now Where I am. Going now? <laughs> so you say, I'm making 10. You know what? Not, had enough interest in making an additional 10, but this will be the last one. Yeah, right. supplies going out fast. Right. We have five more. Write the comments up there. So what you're creating is this fear of missing out. You're actually, it's not a lie. You only made so many anyways. By telling them how many you actually made, you're setting an expectation for them. Okay, I see she has 500 Facebook followers and there's only 10 sets. I better make a, a move. <laughs> right. Another great point is, hold on, my brain just kind oh of like took its little Lord. idea and then it threw it out and it was like, look at the cat. You want me to sing real quick? I can show you the world. It's not going back very <laughs> okay. Well, that was my five tips to take into your sales this week to really push. I feel Another like it's on the tip thing, of your It's not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let it go. Another thing about psychology is like people always listen to these things and say, well, I'm, that's not me. So this is wrong. No, no, no. These principles are based on majority. Mm -hmm. Even if that majority is 56% of people, that's still majority, meaning that 44% of people don't. So, you know, in business decision, we don't have enough time to get everybody in the net. Mm -hmm. So we go off of, hey, what works for the majority? So you're like, well, I don't buy that way, and I don't click on people's profiles when I buy from Facebook Marketplace. Great. You're of the minority here. Yes. So we want to – we don't have enough time in the day to do everything perfectly, so let's just go for the majority rules and, uh, you know, I actually them. love that because Sugar Cookie Marketing Group is about 20,000 strong right now, and when people ask questions, they get a ton of opinions and a ton of answers, and people are like, I would never buy from somebody who had a dog in their profile picture. Here's the thing. No one in that group would buy from you we're all making the same stuff right Um, we're not our target we're not our target audience so i posted the other day about hey instagram stories is telling you how much how many hours till the expiration date and someone said i could care less it's not about you it's about your target audience do they care because if they care that's what you need to use in your strategy to reach them you have got to either pull the table back from the other table yes i can see it pull the table back or put your elbows off of it Thanks. <laughs> They're not going to hear it. I listen to this in the car. You can never hear it. Corey, like, listen to me. <laughs> but that's a great point. So when you're in the group, if I asked a question, I would look through the answers and find the majority of answers that line up. And I'd make my decision based off that. I wouldn't look for an echo chamber of my own opinion because mm-hmm. that would not be accurate. Right. Okay. That's my five. 
I like it. I like it. Okay, voicemails. Let me pull it up right here. Here's voicemail number one. Hi, Heather and Corey. My name is Jessica Gansel, and I am the owner of Sprinkled Raspberry Bakery in Phoenix, Arizona. I know, I know, it's such a weird name. But anyhow, I'm calling in because I have a few questions, and I apologize in advance because I don't know how to chill and not talk so much. So here we go. Let's just dive in. So my first question is, what is the best way to launch new items or seasonal treats? So... For example, what is the best timeline for launching, let's say, Halloween stuff? Is it best to launch it two weeks in advance? Like if I'm doing a pre-sale, like plan two weeks before the 31st and say, okay, two weeks, make your orders, place your orders, I mean, and go with, go from that. Or um, should I plan more than two weeks in advance? Should I plan other things with that? What is the best like timeline for promoting new products um and then if i pick a date let's say i stick with two weeks and then i say okay on october 17th i'm gonna launch my products and see who orders what should i do leading up to that date to the 17th what should i be doing to kind of like tease my um, clients my audience to get them ready for that so that they're like oh look at those cookies i can't wait to buy them and try them and whatever what is the best way uh, to launch new stuff, the best like marketing plan for that. I really hope that makes sense because that was so wordy. I'm so sorry. My second question is also going to be a little bit long um, and may not be able to be answered in a quick, you know, two minute blurb on the podcast. But my second question is after the CEO of like Instagram made his announcement about shifting from a photo sharing platform to emphasizing and promoting videos, what should cookiers and bakers start preparing for? How can we best make this shift so that we are successful and so relevant on Instagram? I know that this is probably going to come down to our audience and our reason for being on Instagram, if it's to be like an influencer or just engage with our local community, but how can we start to plan for this so that way we are successful and Instagram doesn't just like forget about us forever? Um, I know that this is probably something that will take time to develop a plan for um, and get ready for since that's not going to like happen overnight, but I thought I'd ask anyhow because I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking about it. Okay, so again, I am so sorry because I talk so much and so fast, um, but thank you for listening to my questions. Thanks for putting this on the podcast, uh, if you do, but anyhow. Thank you so much for everything that you both do. I love you both so much. And thanks for letting me be a part of the Sugar Cookie Marketing Group. Bye, guys. I talk just as fast. So you are in, what is it? You're in something company? What's the word I'm looking for? You are in... Talky-fasty company. company. Those are actually great questions. I'm going to tackle the first one for you. Um, you asked, when should you start marketing something? It depends a lot on what it is that you are marketing. So when Heather and I are selling sugar cookie classes, we market as far out as we can because we're asking someone to take a big portion of their weekend and a big portion of their money to give to us. So we like to run with it as soon as we, we can. like a minimum 
For most events, even client events, I like at least six weeks. I and That's what we do a lot for our event marketing. Um, the thing with pre-sales, instead of being like, I'm having a pre-sale in six weeks, I'm having a pre-sale in five weeks, you can do kind of tease them with it. So, hey, thinking about a pre-sale, guys, what dates in June work for you? And even though you might not take one of the dates that they put, what you're doing is putting in their mind, she's thinking about a pre-sale. Um, so they'll get their mindset correct. Then you do teasers. Um, which they actually work fantastically uh, to get people excited. So you can say, hey, two weeks till my pre-sale, what do you think about this set? Would you like to see it there? I might make a minimum amount. But the the thing is, the longer runway you give yourself, the better, because if you wait a week out and then you only have seven days to work with, you can't get more time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like, okay, so obviously the biggest click for cookies is December December 24th, 25th, right? Yes. That is cookie Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it's Thanksgiving, then Halloween. Those are the big ones. Then you got um, Valentine's tell, Day. Tell them where you're getting Easter. this information. This information is provided kind of ambiguously through Google. So trends.google.com, if I search sugar cookies, it tells me the trend for that keyword, sugar cookies being the keyword. And it tells me out of 100, what 100 means, we don't know, but from zero to 100, which is the most clicked day? And it's always December uh, 25th. Is that Christmas Day? Yeah. Okay. That's our biggest day, right? So for that holiday, that, I mean, I, I can't begin to describe to you how much more clicks that day gets than the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, for that one, I'm going to spend maybe longer than six weeks promoting it. If I want people to put in orders early so they can take them to family events. Note that, yes, anything that's sold the day before a big holiday will be the highest click-through rate because you get the desperate folks. That's so <laughs> with cookies, we can't really work with desperate folks unless we're doing a pop-up. Yeah. So then I'd kind of think about maybe I'd have content for pre-orders customs. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of November when I start sneaking in Christmas, Christmas is so big I'm for cookies. It. And then maybe halfway through December when we you know pa- surpass that first or second week, I'd say, hey, guys, closing customs, but he will be, here will be my pop-up information, my pop-up sale where you can get X, Y, and Z last minute. Mm -hmm. So it really does depend on what you are planning to market because Mm -hmm. you need a runway depending on that. And Um, because we have baking schedules to abide by, we aren't really a last minute type folk over in the cookie world. We did last minute for Halloween last yeah. year. <laughs> that was exhausting. It was. Uh, but I absolutely love that. I do think um, you have competition, you know, so keep those people in mind, especially as the holidays come up. They're going to be ramping up. So you don't want to be the last person on the train because someone else started before you. So keep an eye out. But keep in mind, if I'm posting about Christmas in November... I shouldn't expect a lot of um, commotion. Then. Absolutely. So a lot of people are like, well, I posted about it. Nobody said anything. Absolutely not. But you're you're warming that audience up to think about the next holiday coming. Should I be pre-ordering this? Now give your audience some information. Hey, custom orders close two weeks before the event day. Mm-hmm. You know, so get your order in now. So we go back to that fear of missing out. You know, I'll close them two weeks in advance. So let me know if you want to place this order, place this order, place this order. And then as you get ramping up, as we get more conditioned to see Christmas, Christmas trees, you're going to see more engagement there on the platform. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are like, I posted one time and it made no sales. I feel like I'm quitting. Uh, if you- I quit every time I posted it made no sales, <laughs> I would have retired a long time ago. The thing is, you have uh, on a Facebook 
business page, which a lot of people use, you do have limited reach um, if you're not running Facebook ads. So you're going to need a post a little bit more often to reach more feeds of people. So definitely check your audience insights. When are people most active? Are you posting during those times? Are you asking questions in your copy? Is your photography good enough to stop the scroll? Are you taking photos vertically or horizontally? Um, all those things can work for you, but I definitely don't think post once and then call it a day. No. I think stay on top of it. And as you get closer, um, I know when I post maybe once every two days, a month out for a class, two weeks out, I post every day and a week out, I post twice a day. And then a week out, we're like, hey, guys, here's a discount. And you're like, but what about the other people who signed up? Thank you so much. But obviously, yeah. target and these sales. Are, <laughs> and these are only if we don't have a full class. So it just is what it is. You know what I was thinking the other day? Sorry, this is slightly irrelevant. But the gym sent me a discount code. My okay. gym. I've been there. I've been paying them for six years. Yeah. And it said uh, free month. And I was like, great. And then it said asterisk for new att- signups only. And I was like, okay, figured as much. But in the cookie world, we're like, but that's so rude. But in the whole world, <laughs> it's so Verizon's normal. not giving me a new free line. I've been with them for so long. Right. You know? um, just something to keep in mind. So then she asked about Instagram marketing. And there, okay, so the podcast went up seven days ago. And six days ago, <laughs> there was a bomb that was dropped. Instagram said that, hey, they're shifting the platform greatly. I think Courtney did a live on it yesterday in her own group. Mm-hmm. Um, but changes be a coming, folk. And uh, TikTok is stealing the social media market right now. It is wildly entertaining. I spend way too many hours on it myself, but it is a video-based platform. And guess what we like? We like video-based platforms. And guess what TikTok likes? It likes video-based platforms. It also likes Instagram's user base. Yeah. It's stealing it. So Instagram says, hey, we love your photos. However, we're going to be, and they said it, focused on videos, which is what the caller is referencing, that big shift. Yes. Is Instagram ever getting rid of photos? No, it says, don't worry about it, but Boo Bear, get that record button going because we want to see your face, your hands, your cookies, whatever, in a video form. And you do have a few options. You have IGTV, you have stories, and you have reels. I have never watched an IGTV video. If I accidentally got trapped in it and clicked out, <laughs> why is this place? Why isn't this 30 seconds long? <laughs> why had Benny for an hour? I'm not learning anything, but everyone's talking. But the biggest thing, and Heather talked, I'll let Heather, I won't steal her thunder, go ahead. What is the biggest thing? You said the biggest well, the thing. Says, <laughs> the biggest thing. Well, you know what, Heather, take it away. <laughs> We're breaking up. The one thing you don't want to remember, thank you so much for coming to the podcast, <laughs> is that you really honestly need to keep testing. It is not just one guy saying, do video, and then you need to drop it all. I have this friend on Instagram, and we were in this small chat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> for a short time. Uh, we were in this small group chat, and someone brought up, hey, I just heard that video is a new thing. What can I do? I only take I only take photos. I only take videos. What do I do? <laughs> you do what you do. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We already ate lunch. You gotta tell. Um, but there was this, she has about 16,000 followers and she said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I've been posting a lot more reels and my reach has gone so low. So it is all about testing your audience. If you're posting Her photos. Gone low? Yeah. She said it has worked against me. She's like, I'm going back to posting photos. They've done mm. so well for me. Mm. Um, so she is testing her audience, which is in marketing what you're supposed to be doing. Something I heard, but again, just don't take anything at face value. Find the research. Is someone said, Instagram said no more 30 hashtags. 30, not dirty. 30. 
And so I looked into it and it was a guy who said that he was on a call with an Instagram rep. Outside of maybe he had, you know, it was like 17,000 followers. It wasn't enough for me to be like, you're somebody I should. <laughs> so he said, whether or not it's true, you have to test it. He mm-hmm. says that Instagram is recommending 12, 8 to 12 hashtags because the algorithm gets confused with so many hashtags. I don't know. The only way to do it is to test it. Okay. This guy wasn't from Instagram and I stalked his bio. <laughs> so I don't know. That's just what they said. But however, if it says it's moving to video platform, I assume that they're going to start favoring that content. And you know what? In Instagram and TikTok, they get money when people stay on the platform and they can serve them ads. Um, obviously, it's free to be on Instagram. It's free to be on TikTok. So there's got to be money made somewhere. And that is you seeing ads, buying the products. So if videos keep you there and Instagram and TikTok can make more money, that's probably what they're going to favor. So I'd say, based off the knowledge that Instagram announced, is ha- start coming up with that video strategy. Um, now it'd be coming down to the kind of content you want to put out. Uh, Guardi's goodies. I reference her a lot cause she's big on TikTok. She does decorating videos with uh, almost ASMR voice overlay. Yeah. That's very personal. Like she'll be talking about how she met her husband, nothing about the cookies, but she'll be like, you know, me and my husband, but it'll be like, she's like decorating a llama or something. Yeah. Um, that is her content. Now TikTok has a lot of trends. You could jump on those trends or not. Things like that. What kind of content do you feel comfortable putting out that you can record consistently? Yeah. And we have an awesome, I'm just referencing at the end of July, an awesome Facebook Live from someone who actually gets millions and millions and millions of views from her videos on Instagram. be better timed. I know. So I'm actually super excited about that. Um, That's coming up. So Heather, get to our next one. Next voicemail. Hi. Uh, my name is Beth, and I am um, currently full-time teacher, part-time cookier, and I would like to move towards full-time cookier, no-time teacher. <laughs> um, but when you talk about goal setting and having a goal in mind, obviously that's my goal, but it's hard to um, think about being able to do enough cookies um, right now, given the time constraints that I have. So I guess my question is, when you are talking about goal setting and planning out marketing to meet those goals, like right now, as during the school year, my goal would obviously be to have as many cookies as I possibly can. Um, but during the school year, I can't do that. Um, my limits are very different than if I weren't teaching or when I'm not teaching. So I'm, I'm not sure how to plan out how many cookies I should be doing in order to, um, push to that next level. Uh, And I don't know that this question makes very much sense. It made a lot more sense in my head before I called. So um, I guess I'm looking for maybe the word is like a transition goal. Like how do you set up a goal to transition to the next level um, of your business? So I'm sorry if that doesn't make sense. Um, Hopefully this is actually something you cover in future podcasts because I'm a little bit behind. Anyway, thank you so much for everything you guys are doing. You are all uh, both. Very fun. You're both my favorite twins. 
It's so funny. Nice save there at the end with both of us being your favorite <laughs> twin. I heard Corey, but I don't know. Okay. Basically, to sum it up, I'm a teacher. I don't want to be a teacher. I want to be a full-time cookier. How do I make that transition? What a hard question to ask. So we had transitioned. Me and Heather used to work for different companies when we before we went into business together. So what we, we took vastly did, different approaches. I quit my job one day. Or we just quit. <laughs> no, but before that, me and Heather had talked about going into business together for about two full years before we actually oh, started. like five, but okay. Maybe it was five. I don't know. It was a long time yeah. coming. But what I did in that time being is I really started to pinch my pennies and to build up my savings account. So what my idea was that if my savings account could account for the money that I would be missing as we took this transition, that I wouldn't be floundering and being like, oh, I made the wrong decision. So for those two years, I really, really focused on saving money. Then I called up Heather one day, said I quit my job. Let's do this. I was like, okay, okay. Oh, she was like, you know that idea we had about starting the company? Well, start because I don't quit. (laughs) Okay. So Corey, kind of crazy. Me, not as crazy. But, you know, I had talked to Corey like, hey, I'm working this full-time job. What I'm going to do is continue working this full-time job, and then I'm going to take it to a part-time job. And at the part-time job, I'll be doing halvesies, knowing full well that that part-time thing wouldn't last forever. And then I'd finish it up at my day job and then do the real my current job full-time. Yeah, so there's two different strategies right there. It depends who right. you are. So you work as a teacher. Teacher's aid would be the down step as you start building up. To me, I like more of a progression. The whole violent quitting one day and calling up your twin, slightly scary. It is a thriller. (laughs) (laughs) I was not ready. But so, okay, now now the other question is finances. So a lot of people ask us, like, what should my budget be? I don't know. You don't live here. Here, the average studio apartment is around $1,500 when you're in the armpit of Virginia. And if you're looking at DC, you're looking at $2,500 a month. That's insane. So whatever our budget here is not going to be the budget for, you know, middle America, where you're looking at more like $700 rent. I don't know if I just blew a bunch of middle American people's minds. I don't know what your rent is. (laughs) They're like, no. I just think I look at it sometimes. I'm like, I should move to Iowa. (laughs) I think so. So the thing is, um, take a budgeting course and work the problem backwards. How much do you make at your day job? Okay. Now let's let's pretend it's just figurative, easy number to work with. I make a thousand dollars a month, so I need to sell a thousand dollar cookies. That is the incorrect amount. That sounds great though, but cookies have overhead cost. Mm-hmm. You have um, labor cost, packaging cost. So let's pretend if we do thirty percent profit first book mm-hmm. recommends thirty percent of your dollar goes back into the business. So at a thousand dollar cookie sales, you're only actually truly bringing in seven hundred. Again, more complex because we got your labor costs as well. Mm-hmm. Your oopsie budget. Oopsie budget, things like that. So I can't say, well, $1,000 at my day job with all my benefits is equivalent to $1,000 of cookies where I am my own business. I'm paying uh, QuickBooks fees. I'm paying for flip insurance, all that stuff. Yeah, things like that. So it's important to take your budget per dollar and then break it down. How much profit how much you know income do I need? And that thousand dollars is not equivalent. Yeah. So Heather is a big believer in you need a budget, which is a budgeting app, and yeah. that will tell you your true cost of life. Yeah. So YNAB, YNAB, Y-N-A-B dot com. Uh, I think it's eighty four dollars for the year, unless you are a college student, then it's free for the first year. Um, but you get a thirty four day trial. But you can create a personal budget within it, and you can create a business budget for the. 84 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. Um, within that, every time something comes into your bank account, it goes to an account called to be budgeted. 
So if you get $1,000, you would see, hey, I have $1,000 to play with. But then you start allocating it to your monthly cost. So if I have a yearly subscription to QuickBooks, that's 170 200 bucks. Corey is like so badly fighting a yawn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> but I could allocate that. So I can see that how much of that $1,000 I can actually work with and how much of it's going back into my business. Because at the end of the day, we cannot operate at a loss. And if you don't know where your dollars are headed... I can guarantee you, you're on a slippery slope to just saying, where did all that money go? Mm-hmm. So and YNAB keeps you on the straight and narrow because you can't over budget. You can't over budget and you can't overspend. Right. And I do think YNAB is great to really get a bird's eye view of exactly what you're spending. So when I quit my day job and went into business with Heather, I used a big chunk of my savings account while we were building up the business. So I didn't pull a paycheck for an entire year. Um, We put that money back into the business, ended up being able to build it up. And now it, we make more than I did at my past job. So it has worked for me in that realm. You have to be very good with the savings part, you have to be very penny pinching. What can you cut out of your life to make that transition a little bit more easier for you? Um, no day at the spa, you know, we're trying to mm-hmm. make our dollar go as far as we can because that transition time is a pinnacle time in whether you're going to make it or break it. Right. And then no budget is everybody's budget. Corey's dual income, but she also has a child. Sounds expensive, not sure. Um, <laughs> me, no child, but also single income. So we're operating, Corey and I, off of completely different budgets, completely different risk patterns too. So mm-hmm. um, really kind of sit down. If I could recommend YNAB, if you want my affiliate link, I get like a month off, at the, like a free month. I hope you get zero months off. <laughs> I need a margin. But it's actually, if I, if you know, I only pay for very few apps in my life. But YNAB is one I'll probably keep around for forever. Right. Your sister yeah. does work for that. I got nothing out of that deal. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a great app. So every dollar that comes in, every dollar has a job. And you have to assign it either to play money or either savings. money. Savings. Savings, right? Yeah. yeah. Putting myself through college, so a lot of my dollars go there. Yeah. Things like that. So, so I think there is options for you. It depends on um, what type of person you are. Are you a Heather or are you a Corey? <laughs> okay, voicemail three is actually a text four one three area code. Hey, Boo Bears, you know she had me at hello. Oh man, four one three is Massachusetts. Thank you so much. Instagram <laughs> question: The strategies given last week about engaging with a bunch of folks before posting were gold. But what happens when the bulk of our target audience uses private profiles? Does it really matter who you're engaging with if you can't engage with your intended customers until after they've commented on your post? Thank you. Love 413 representing. 413. <laughs> um, that is honestly a great question. Heather and I don't necessarily follow back private profiles. Um, I always think they're private for a reason. Uh, so let me give you your privacy as a business that I am. Uh, so what you would want to do is comment on cook your profiles <laughs> because any comment for your uh, post is going to boost it in the algorithms. So you can't reach your target audience, not a problem. Reach out to some cookers, get those comments because it's still going to boost you in the algorithms of the folks that follow you. Really, it's an engagement manipulation, right? And where that engagement comes from, I don't necessarily care as long as it's coming in. So I know we say that the people who follow us is important, but the people we're engaging with is a little bit of a different strategy. Mm-hmm. So hopefully when you get those comments from uh, the rando bakers that it boosts you in the algorithm to reach your target audience, they comment, you create that conversation and we kind of circumvented um, that, that privacy veil that they've created. Yeah. If you request to follow private profile, you can only currently follow 7,500 people at a time. 
And once you hit that limit, you can no longer follow more people. You got to go clean them out. So I prefer to keep that number pretty low. I know people are like, but I know. And Corey's Googling it because she doesn't believe me, but she doesn't know. I already looked it up. Boo bear. Uh, today or like five years ago? <laughs> there are grandfather accounts where you can follow. They are following over a million, but it was changed. 7,500. 7,500. <laughs> Heather knows Um but yeah, so I'd like to keep, you know, I know there's a follower to following ratio. I do think keeping it a little healthy is good. Trim the fat, um, keep it clean, keep your target audience, and then understand who your target is. Ours is sugar cookie marketing. Our target, cookie bakers everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily care, but here's the thing. I'm not connecting with local moms here unless they're bakers. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the dead weight that I... Our sugar cookie classes, we don't want any bakers. I only want only moms. moms. <laughs> so it's just being intentional with your target audience and cultivating that audience and understanding where engagement fits in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great what a great success from our logo collab. That engagement, for some people, I that went through their profile to see fantastic. how many <laughs> average likes and comments they got and then how many likes and comments they got on that post. I thought that was so honestly such an amazing day. And so many people giving back, everyone like screaming support on Instagram. It was really great. We're going to talk about our next logo collab in just a sec- second. But if you'd like to call into the podcast, it is 571-556-5644 or email hello at sugarcookiemarketing.com or you can text 571-556-5644. Okay. That was not Corey and her sultry voice. <laughs> One. That Please is not a sound one. All right, now we're on to group stuff. Okay, past we, lives. What? We have had so many people sign up for lives, and I'm excited. I am. Ex- we're chocked full for the next five thousand months. Yeah. No, it's not for the leaf for the next like one month. That's a crazy part. Okay, so I want to go over some past lives. If you missed them, they are currently in the group. How you will access those? Go up to the top of the group. Click events. Click past, scroll down to the event you're interested in. It is located in the discussion part of that event. Yeah, I usually pin it to the top, and then sometimes I edit. I like to think I edit the event description to include the playback link. Love that. So we have had how to make bag tags on the This is on the last week, right? Yeah, this is all last week. Yeah, this is all last week. How to make bag tags on the Avery website for free. That one was great, so catch that one. We have last-minute intro to Canva. That was awesome. And then pop-ups at home, how to set up, what to set up. And we were able to see her set up She literally ended the live, and then five minutes later had her pop-up. So her and her husband, who was like the most into-it husband, um, had built half the stuff, and he was like super proud of pricing and stuff. I know. I almost wanted my husband to watch that live and be like, look how you are slacking. (laughs) Well, hard next. Get over here. But that was pretty impressive. So you can go back and see their lives in the – tab Corey was talking about but like wow how informative how informative so heather hit us up with some of the upcoming events amy russell if you're listening to this amy russell does a cookie subscription box and even if you don't have this on your radar this is powerful marketing subscription means i don't have to reach the person again Mm. and i get their money so she is kind of big into growing that she's going to kind of tell us how she does it i cannot wait that's going to be on july 12th which is coming up at 2 p.m Eastern Standard Time. All these are in Eastern Standard Time. We are on the Best Coast. We're <laughs> the, on the West Coast? The East Coast, not the oh, West, West Coast. Coast, not the Best Coast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up we have Thursday, July 15th at 7 p.m. Selling in a small town farmer's market. Tell all with Natalie. Crazy part, she sells $500 to $800 a week at a farmer's market that has a town of only like 350 people. That's insane. Mind blown. Can't wait. 
After that, a Facebook Live Basics to Better Photography with Lydia Eldridge, which is the first of her two-part series on photography and post-processing. Yeah. That'll be Saturday. Saturday, July 17th at 3 p.m. And then the Martins are actually going to teach us how to bake macarons. 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 It's O-N-1, right? It's a macaron. Okay. But they teach these macaron classes for real. And mm-hmm. now we're taking their class to learn how they teach it, but also learning how to bake them. Has she posted the ingredients list yet? I, would, I don't know. No. Okay. We will follow up with her and get that. I will be on that live. A lot of people want to learn about feet. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? I thought we were making cookies. Okay. So that brings us. We, are, we closed out our logo collab, which was last Wednesday. It was absolutely fantastic. We probably had 150, right under 200 people participate. And people were amazing. That was really impressive. It was, it was really was fun so to see good. people's logo cookies. It was. And how they did the photography. Everyone how they, with really we, complex mm-hmm. logos was cursing the air. I know. Those people with simple logos like yay <laughs> yeah, ours is like three greater than signs like, uh, this is gonna be a yeah, we're in. <laughs> um so that was honestly so much fun so since we had so much fun we're actually doing another collab tell me about it this will be where what is the time it is not on a saturday is it yeah that's the 31st it'll be on the 31st of saturday what are you doing on saturday buddy I don't know. (laughs) A lot of people said they couldn't do it at work. And so the last of the month is Saturday. Okay. So July 31st, Saturday at 12 noon. We're doing Eastern Standard Time. You folks who don't understand time zones like me. Yes. We are doing a then and now cookie collab with Sugar Cookie Marketing. And this is you recreating your very first cookie that you took a photo of. Isn't that super funny? That'll be so funny because everyone's first cookie, Corey's. Is very ugly. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know how I'm going to recreate that guy. The icing was a heart. It was a sad face. Yeah, sad face on a new heart. Oh, that'd be so that'd funny. Be so funny. <laughs> okay. So this will be good. Um, we always wanted to do a marketing spin to it. Uh, this builds value to your potential audience to so- show them how far you've come. And everyone likes to see a before and after, where you've come it. from, where you're going. Um, so it builds value to your end user, your client base. And we thought it'd be just a fun collab to really um, see. Where people, mine are, is going to be ridiculous. I don't know how to re- recreate it, but I will. Yeah. But in the Facebook event for that, it's actually a sign-up form. Why are we taking sign-ups? Because it's really hard to get people's reminders. And this time we're collecting email addresses, so I can just shoot you an email and say, you should have that cookie baked for a week out. And then, hey, guys, here's go time. Yeah, so this is just a way to remind you, because um, what we learned from the last collab is some people are like, oh, I thought this was tomorrow. I thought I'm a little bit behind. Oh, I'm posting it tonight. So we want to be able to keep everyone on the same page so no one misses out. Right. Then we're having our first in-person meetup. Sorry. Late lunch, learn, and link up with Sugar Cookie Marketing at Tyson's Mall on August 26th. I think we only have one ticket left. One final ticket left. One of you people. <laughs> one of you lucky souls. <laughs> lucky people. But anyways, that'll be fun. Uh, the first half, two to four, is just a marketing workshop, which is paid. But if you just want to see our small line faces, uh, four to six is just showing up for happy hour at the front of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. No strings attached. But your ticket will buy you dinner, and it buys us the room. So definitely. Um, I feel like that's my cousin. I think so. There's a, a car horn going on outside. We're not sure why. Should we just talk through it? Yeah. Okay. So then we have Cookie Con. Maybe. Okay. Beep, beep. 
Okay, so GoogieCon Orlando, Corey and I are speaking at. We asked to do a breakout room, which is free for anybody. I don't even think you have to have a ticket. We had no idea. We're actually they asked. We asked um, Mike and Karen if we could film the podcast there, and they said uh, whatever you want to do. So this will be a live podcast if you would like to join us. Me and Heather are fully expecting an empty room with just us two. Corey and I talk to each other efficiently. (laughs) Well, but then they also say we could host a mixer, which we're combining forces with. Oh, just keep going. Lord. Just keep going. That's insane. I'm sorry. No, it's your name. It's those kids. Yeah. Okay. So in the Cookie Con Dallas, we're combining forces. Our team against the 3D printers. Sam. And her husband, Augusto. Yes. And they're, we're not going to tell you what the mixer game is. I'm really excited about it. Okay. Sam really liked it. But we are going to have kind of two events going at the same time. So the, this event, this mixer challenge Corey came up with, because we did it at one of her networking, networking events, events, is you get a string of beads. I know, right? But these are necklace beads. These necklace are Mardi Gras beads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are the little beads that were on. Um, anyways, you, throughout the mixer, you're allowed to do, we'll have like a little, I whatever, little games, like super chill, because I hated like really intense games yeah. growing up. Um, but the rule is you just cannot say the word cookie or cookies. If, if you do, you, do you forfeit your necklace to the person who caught you slipping up and saying those two words. And at the end of the mixer, the person with the most beads, you bead haters out there, get something from the twins. Right. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It's I really hard to play a game and not say the word cookies and cookie, even cookie though we're con. allowed to say it. <laughs> yes. for the team leads. Yeah. Um, but you guys are not allowed. And if you catch somebody slipping and they say cookie or cookies, you politely ask them for their beads. And then you come up at the end, and, and they lift their fun. shirt, and that's it. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> Twin truth. Okay, so Corey has I, crackle technique. <laughs> I, Heather said, "Oh wait, the shirts for Cookie Con." Oh, go ahead. Okay, so we a lot of you guys said, "How are we going to see?" Our, <laughs> if you lose your shirt for these, Heather has a shirt for you. <laughs> um, we created two sets of shirts: uh, Cookie Con Dallas, Cookie Con Orlando. But basically, they're an uh, obnoxious color of pink. Um, it says sugar cookie marketing on the back. It says, yes, Greg, there's a podcast and, um, at cookie con Orlando, we'll have a meetup at the bar that mm-hmm. is in the hotel and get a group photo or something. Okay. Dallas people have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Pick a leader. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they like me. <laughs> Okay, off to Twin Trips. Okay, Crackle twin technique. Trip. Take it down. Heather said, say something cookified. People like cookie stuff. So if you are like me, sometimes you deal with humid temperatures and there's a thing called color bleed how do you get around it while still filling in the back of your cookies and it is the crackle effect as cookies bake the top spread a little bit but you can paint a thin layer of and only works with americolor white Mm. bright white Mm. you paint a thin layer and as your cookie bakes it creates this almost wood grain effect so i like to use it in my wedding sets in spring sets and I did most recently these geckos and it gave me a nice backdrop. So I didn't have to wait so much for this kind of last minute order. layer icing, bleeding. Bleeding, this. time, everything yeah. like that. So they turned out really cute. You'll see a photo soon enough, I'm sure. I'll make it some photography posts. But the crackle effect, I tried it with Sunnyside Bakery, which is Hobby Lobby's brand. It does not work. That just looked like a bubbly mess. It mm. only works. And it's something about the oxidation, but I don't really want to get into science about mm. it. So use AmeriColor. Bright white, thin layer, paintbrush, bag, bam. I like it. For myself, I got a 
hand tattoo. No, I had a hand tattoo <laughs> with that annoying loser boyfriend from 10 years. Yeah, she got a The last thing he tattoo. said to me was like, please don't get this tattoo removed. And I was like, absolutely. Let me just yeah, tell them because they're going to be so curious. Heather got one half of an InfiniSign. Infinity sign. <laughs> Sounds a lot like how long my relationship was. Infinity. Infinity. Um, and the dude got the other half. So when they shook hands, the infinity As sign you're not became red, hold one. On. So their love is everlasting. Here's the thing. If you want to know how I pick men. He, when I first met him first date, he said, I was deployed. That was my best military friend. And it was something that we always promised we'd always have each other's backs forever. Oh, and I was like, that's so sweet. Now. Years passed. I said, you never talk about that guy. And he said, what? And I said, oh, no. Said, the guy, the guy from the military that you have, that's some girl I went on a date with. Guys, there's three people out there. Not anymore. With infinity Me, my ex, and this girl. Anyway, so I wanted to get it. And it makes me sound like a crazy person to get the tattoo but Corey has a entire back tattoo i know she looks prim proper in a mom but she's a crazy one i just am trying to make up for my mistakes i went on a date with a guy once and he went out and got the same tattoo Corey and a stranger also have this tattoo. <laughs> but heather finally closed the chapter to the big old bad boyfriend and got this snake tattoo on her thumb cover up Cover-up tattoo. So his little body is the infinity sign. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait till we brought Cookie Connor. Like, what is he? Like, what cult are you in? <laughs> a cookie cult. A bead cult. Yeah. We give me your bead. bead tattoo. <laughs> she got in the word cookie and just showed it to me. I'm like, cookies, give me a bead. <laughs> I win. Uh, all right. So that was Heather's twin trust. Then we are on to sponsors. Of course, and my thumb looks fat. I thought Heather's thumb was swollen, but turned out it's just, just, oh, just water retention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sponsors. Mm -hmm. Edward. Eddie. Eduardo. Eduardo. So if you do not know, Eddie, the edible printer, is a direct-to-food printer. There is no wafer paper. There's no sugar sheets. This will print directly in what we use, royal icing. But people have used it on buttercream, fondant, marshmallows, fishies, Chip. Doritos, yeah. Tic Tacs. I'd be curious how that went turned out. But no, really neat, it. really nifty. Um, he's a fun little thing that he's he's not cheap. But is any man? No. <laughs> is any man? That's my tattoo. That was a permanent director brand. <laughs> yeah. um, so Eddie is our sponsor. I really, really like the machine. I think that when you add him to your arsenal, you can scale. And that's when we're talking about money. We're talking about being able to scale. Eddie prints off about, stop making noise. They can hear. Eddie can, well, okay, you brought in five dozen. We knocked him out in about 45 minutes with a little bit of cursing. Yes. Right. But that was a little bit of our mistake. And then we little changed plans. But I think he, if, if we had all our ducks in a row, we could have gotten that done in 15 minutes. From a person who makes custom cookies and now Eddie cookies, I would love to just make Eddie cookies. Yeah. Yeah, it's so simple. As a person who makes no cookies, I can press print. <laughs> so definitely, if you want to check out Eddie, okay, they well, have me. a Facebook group. Um, what is it called, Eddie? I know it's Eddie the Edible Printer Facebook group. <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah, if you start typing it in, it'll show up. Yeah. Um, but they're about 3.7 thousand people strong of people asking Eddie questions, people... Ordering Eddie. Yeah. The number one question asked in the Eddie group is, when do you think I'll get it? Because um, they are a little bit back ordered, but it seems like people who ordered um, 
a month ago I finally got Yeah, I think so. so. And it, they said they got all their shipments in. They're really working on pushing them out. So if you wanted to check that out, definitely join their group. A lot of people show the, the pros and cons. So you're not just getting a one-sided thing. You're seeing like, hey, wow, this cookie blood. What should I do? And then people giving insight on how to avoid that. So um, last week someone asked, hey, my cookies, I'm not willing to change my recipe. And Primera said, send us your cookie your whole cookie iced and everything will print on it and send it back to you so you can see exactly how it does with your specific recipe. Yeah. Um, out of the box, it's about $3,000, not cheap. Shipping is free. Canadians, I don't know what money you're dealing with. It was about $5,000 for you guys. <laughs> uh, the printing cartridge is $130. It does have an expiration date because it is food yeah. safe. Food friendly, it is food edible. Right, um, one hundred and thirty bucks, but it lasts for like what over fifteen hundred cookies, depending on what you're printing and how much ink you're using. So you're printing high density images with a tons of color. It's going to last a little less for you. If you're just doing like outlines or very timid colors, you're definitely going to get a lot more use. So the average was fifteen hundred. Yeah, and the group has a lot of like. Little tweaks. The product is very new. The machine is very new. But they've created some, like, workarounds that really help making your Eddie prints a lot better. Yeah. And then we are working on a second sponsor. And it is honestly kind of cool. I'm excited to give it a go. Just got it in the mail. Oh. But I will tell you next week. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Mailbag, we have a package. Could be from the IRS, in which case we'll read it out loud next week. <laughs> Just kidding. But I got to go swing by the office to go get it. Okay. So if you would like to send us mail, it does not have to be anything intense. It we does. just, it does. we can do a card, a, a, your business card, anything. We've gotten a gooey cake. We've gotten a um, heat sealer platform. Yeah, so I've been excited. Our address is 15,000. Did you just say heat sealer? Just kidding. <laughs> Don't delete me. 15,000 Potomac Town Place, Suite 245, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22191. I'm going to be so sad if that package is like a book of bills. I think it absolutely will okay. be. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Sorry, we're a day late and a dollar short. But we don't get paid for this. So <laughs> here you go. So <laughs>